Welcome back to another. Uh, wow, that's the worst intro ever. Wow, that is really bad. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious. How come I didn't hear any music there, guys? I know. I like, I was getting pumped up, up and like, then I was like, wait a sec. I know the baby, beat, but we need, like. We need, some, we need some in studio music. Anyhow, let's try that again. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Financial Success Show. I'm your host, okay. Jeff Edie, live as we are every Thursday at 3 p.m. from our offices in Brampton, Ontario, here at Blackthorn Group. Today in the studio, joining me, as always, Mr. James Franco. James. What up? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how you doing, Craig? Oh, I'm good. Good, I'm good. good. It's nice to see you, buddy. Nice good, to see you, we too. We had a good week. We had a tough week. We had a tough a, week. It was we a lot a of work, but a great week, but... I wouldn't say it was stressful. I had a lot of fun doing it, but at the same time, we put well, on a, a pretty good show. It was fun stress. Like, it was like, ah. Yeah, but, our, like, it was fun. Our was financial fun. success show went yeah. off without, uh, without a hitch, as yeah. usual. I uh, had some great speakers come in, some great audience members. The audience was really engaged this time, which was super happy yeah. to see it's nice to see that um uh camaraderie between the uh, the speaker and the and audience. for those kind of people to come out with the big snowstorm that was happening i guess right like mm, a couple yeah. people were turning around but i mean the ones that did come out like holy well you know what i find them. funny is um people can claim that they want all the financial strategies in the world and they want to make their life better and they want to get better but the threat of snow not the actual snow because the snow hadn't started but the threat of snow. Depends where you lived. <laughs> well, but um, where we were in Brampton. Yeah, no, the, snow, the snow had not started. started and no. the very threat of snow was enough to keep people away. Now, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not blaming people, but it's just interesting that, that a small um, perceived obstacle can be what keeps people from, from attaining what it mm -hmm. is they want. So the mindset and action is, is huge. And, yeah, and, and we had a strong online following too, though. So that was amazing. good. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's the first time we really had a strong online audience. So um, we, uh, we're we going to change up the format just a little we bit are. today. We have uh, <laughs> joining us in studio is uh, Asad Naeem. He's uh, one of our newest additions to the team. He's uh, a bookkeeper, a heck of a nice guy. And uh, he's that's also a, a millennial. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, hey, we got along great, yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to be like the grandfather <laughs> sitting at the table today and talking to my... Yep. Get around, kiddies. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, I had to walk five miles to school. <laughs> Anyhow, Assad, how you doing today? Pretty good, guys. How you guys doing? Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for having me. It's a great show. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, being a newest, uh, one of the newest additions of the team uh, and being part of, you know, just a, a general roundtable discussion today, what, uh, what were your thoughts on, on Saturday's event? Um, first going into it, I didn't know what to expect. So actually going in it, checking out what's going on, reading a little bit about the speakers and then also listening to them. It was quite a show. It was really informative and you walk away with a lot of information, stuff that you don't know before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being young, being able to earn and being and wanting to earn a lot more. You kind of want to save as much tax money as you can, right? And yeah, of course. you want to try to multiply the money that you already have. So you take a lot. You take a lot from that show. And really informative. What, uh, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway? You can write off just about anything. Right? <laughs> 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 biggest takeaway? I, there were some things in some ways that I did not even know existed. For example, when Craig was talking about the aquarium. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just going to say, what did you think about Craig's story and uh, the dog, <laughs> Sophie? Yeah, the dog. Like, Sophie's what? not the dog. Lola is the Lola's dog. The dog. Sophie sorry, is our producer. Sorry, oh. sorry Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> Lola's the dog. Oh, jeez. Uh, it was a long week, man. So, Asad, back yeah. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I might get a dog now. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, really? Exactly, but I just got to figure out a way to write them off first, right? Um, once I figure out how to write them off, I might get a dog now, right? Well, of course, Craig's uh, strategy is that uh, sitting in the park and, and being a, a single male, it's unlikely that you're going to have people come up and talk to you unless, you know, they're definitely. asking you for change. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, having a, a cute little cuddly critter with you definitely makes you a lot more approachable. And, of course, mm-hmm. that can help you uh, obtain clients for, for, for Blackthorn. Yeah. So that, that mm-hmm. might be, but, of course, it has to be your business. That's, yeah, that's exactly. I can't write it off for anybody else's business. Yeah. So. Now, one of, the, uh, one of the other strategies I've heard around that is also if, um, if you're going to use your dog in any uh, of your ad campaigns mm-hmm. or uh, the logo of your company, if you've got a business for yourself, that's another mm-hmm. way to have your, your dog be a, a write-off. There so you go. I, you know, finally figured out a way to write my cats off. You get to become an animal loving <laughs> entrepreneur. Market yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, really, I, I want to kind of direct this discussion around all the different parts that we talked about during that day. Of course, we had mm-hmm. Craig Dunkley there, our CEO, yeah, Claudia Craig, Harvey, Claudia, uh, Vanessa Smith, Jonathan mm-hmm. Tilgert. We yeah, talked about yeah. mortgages. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, real estate investment in general. Um, yeah. Massively hot topic, always Huge. is. Uh, Toronto seems to be the center of the universe when it comes to real estate these days. And yeah. uh, goodness knows we, we get all sorts <laughs> of conflicting opinions and mm-hmm. good reports and bad reports and all that stuff. So I really want to pick your brain and understand what you know about these things. So if you don't mind, we're, uh, we're going to put you in the it. hot seat today. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Shoot away. Let's do this. You got any questions lined up, Kirk? Did I you do, know? yeah. Awesome. I, uh, I wanted Because one of the things that we talked about at FSS was RRSPs. Yeah. Now, before coming and joining the Blackthorn team, what were your opinions of RRSPs compared to what they are now? It's funny because my wife works in a bank, right? Oh, really? There you go, yeah. Okay. So she tells me a lot about RRSPs and other investments too, right? Mm-hmm. So going into FS, um, FSS and then learning a different side of those, it really puts a different take on it, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A, I kind of already got the idea that banks are trying to sell us products. They give us a call mm-hmm. every so often. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got a new credit limit increased. You want to accept it. You want to buy this insurance. You want to invest in this. You want to invest in that. And, of course, they come across a sales pitch because for the bank, it is a sales pitch, right? But for us, where are we putting our money? Mm-hmm. What's going into it? We don't know the numbers. All we know is that we're putting X amount in, and then we'll be rich later on in life. But... It's an eye-opener. You're not going to be rich later on in life. You're going to make someone else rich. And yeah, you know, there's some interesting things around the RRSP. I, uh, I had my experience with it a few years ago when I got mm-hmm. uh, inheritance from my mother's estate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am, a, a young, dumb kid with no idea what to do with a bunch of money. And I walked mm-hmm. into the bank, and the first thing they said was put it into an RRSP. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really interesting about this, and you and I have talked about this, we have, yeah. is that if I had listened to the bank... I had $100,000 in my hand, basically in my hand. It was in my account, and it was tax-free because it was after the estate and the probate and all of that stuff. And had I actually taken that money and put it into the RRSP when I went to take it out when I was 65, I'd have been subject to a 30% withholding tax on tax-free money. Yeah, not, not like <laughs> <laughs> that's not lovely at all. Man. Um, and then, you know, it's interesting. I love sitting around and talking about stuff like this because Craig and I were sitting around kind of talking about RRSPs, and we realized that – you're actually paying tax on the government's um, return on your RSP. So what do I mean by that? I mean, over the you know, 40 years that you're investing in that RRSP, part of that money is actually not yours. You know, 30, 40, whatever your tax bracket is, that mm-hmm. money belongs to the government. 
they're trusting you to hold on to it to invest for them until the end of the term because it's it's pre-tax money from your income but the gain that you experience on the government's money is taxable to you as well isn't that interesting so you're getting hit from both ends yeah does that sound fair so the withholding (laughs) tax that you're paying you're actually paying on what the government's portion gained as well yeah which is crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, it's, that's, that's what's, crazy. That's what's yeah. great about sitting around and talking like this. Yeah. Understanding that, um, you know, and, and I'm all about registered accounts. Don't get me wrong. There are certain mm-hmm. uses for them, and there are ways that RSPs can be good. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the average Canadian is far better off to put into their TFSA because it's yeah. tax-free savings account. <laughs> and uh, for any of those uh, um, who might be watching south of the border, the equivalent to an RSP would be an IRA or a 401k. Now, I actually learned something today uh, that a Roth IRA is completely different from a, a normal IRA in the U.S., and that actually functions like a TFSA does up here. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. a little tidbit of Google in there. So, Asad, being uh, being that you're a bookkeeper here, can I ask what well, what makes you want to get into the tax world? Because um, it's not exactly it's not it, exactly it's not, uh, fun, uh, it's not sexy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Go, <laughs> well, hey, babe, I'm an accountant. That's <laughs> 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 not working. <laughs> no, um, down the road, of course. Um, I would hope that a lot of young people want to start up their own businesses too down the road. It's not fun working for someone your entire life, right? Mm-hmm. So getting into the tax world, you learn about the different taxes that you're going to be subject to later on, right? And of course, you have to stay in the loop too. Mm-hmm. But you learn the loopholes. Mm-hmm. How can you save from that? And from the tax returns you get, how can you maximize those and how can you reinvest those? Mm-hmm. So of course, as a bookkeeper, if you know how to count the numbers, if you know how to organize the numbers and treat them well, then you're going to be successful in just about any market that you go into, in any business that you do. See, I would say as much as I, I understand a lot about money, that is my weak point personally because mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a clerical person. I don't like organizing and up doing my own books. But that's why it's great to have somebody to, to bring them in and just <laughs> yeah. say, here, guys, Definitely. help. Uh, <laughs> as much as I learn about it, I mm-hmm. still don't like doing it, which is, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people I find back off from like, oh, I don't really want to learn. About it. No, you should learn about yeah, it. You definitely. should definitely understand it's it. It's your money. You should know which, what's going on with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You need to have a relationship with yeah. your money. You mm-hmm. just don't have to do your own books. Yeah, it's exactly. good to understand it. Just see where the numbers are going. Yeah, and, and the mindset is everything because you can't justify something once you've spent the money that, oh, this is a tax write-off. No, no, no. Yeah. It has to be a tax write-off before you spend the money. Mm-hmm. And that's what Greg, uh, Craig, Greg, Greg, <laughs> Craig is You're very having a good day yeah. today too, aren't you, Jeff? Whatever, Sophie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Sophie, uh, don't mind Jeff. He's just cranky. <laughs> whatever, Lolo. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it, it, and that's one of the things that Craig is, is really good at is making sure that people understand the mindset before you spend the money is, is what matters. You know, my car doesn't move without A, putting it in my mileage log, and B, making sure that it's, it's a business write-off for me to move. And that's, you know, simple stuff. Something as, as, as simple as, you know, i got to go to the grocery store. Well, mm-hmm. if my car's going to move, maybe I should throw up a flyer for my business at the grocery store, right? Yep. And that, that makes that trip a write-off. Definitely. Some, yeah. some pretty cool stuff around that. That was one of the tips, first tips that I took away from FSS was the car thing. And I never thought about that before. And that kind of leads me into my next question is, where did you learn your financial education from prior to joining the Blackthorn team? Like for me, it was my parents. 
right? Like I just learned money from my parents and we never talked about money. What about you? For me, it was more on Google mm-hmm. uh, before anything else started. Um, I would say back in 10th grade, after I got my first uh, part-time job. At first, I was just blowing all my money. Yeah. Paycheck to paycheck. I'm a young, crazy teenager working at McDonald's, getting a nice paycheck every two weeks, oh, and then going the out. You had no responsibilities at that time. No responsibilities. You yeah. go out, you buy your video games, you go out to the movies, you go have dinner, then next thing you know, you're broke again, right? I hated being broke. Who <laughs> loves it, right? So then I'm like, all right, where does my money go, and how can I organize this, right? How can I get better at this? Started from there. So then, of course, you go into the library, you see a whole bunch of dummies' books, and I'm like, I'm not a dummy, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> you sure your wife would agree with that? I'm like, all right, I'm smart, so let's Google this, right? Google it up, start reading about uh, how you can organize your money, see what's going on. And then summer school comes around, you start taking accounting classes. Well, at least that's what I did, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I had a very nice accounting teacher, hashtag mm-hmm. blessed. And, um, <laughs> Can you tell he's a millennial? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that accounting teacher changed everything for me. Nice. So um, I was actually into computers uh, technology and uh, integrated technology, actually. I wanted to become a doctor, but then after I had jumped around so many mm-hmm. ships. After that, accounting teacher just stuck to accounts. Nice. Started learning about it. Tried implementing it, but of course, implementation is the same thing as preaching, right? You can't always practice what you preach. Um, until a few years later, where I was back in the same situation again. Earning money, paycheck to paycheck, being broke, not loving it. And I'm like, all right, let's start learning more about it. Mm-hmm. Ended up learning how to file my own taxes first. Started helping my parents, my family members, my friends, filing their taxes, getting some more practice on it. Jumped into a community volunteer um, income tax program. Um, started filing taxes for free from there for students. And then that's what got me up to speed with everything. And then, yeah, this is something I can do to help people, right? Yeah. Not, a mo- not only am I learning for myself, I can also apply this knowledge to help others around me. Mm-hmm. If I learn how to save taxes, maybe I can help my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can help my brother, my father, my friends. You know, knowledge a, is key. That's actually, um, that, that's interesting because it's not so dissimilar from Craig's origin story. Right. Um, he was a teenager and doing tax returns for his, uh, his, his family friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of neat to see that. So let's talk about uh, some of the other things since those aren't exactly your wheelhouse. And I really want to get your take on those things, mm-hmm. um, such as Vanessa Smith and, and her Know Your Worth mm-hmm. uh, seminars coming up. What was your take on, on how she approaches understanding money and getting through your barriers? Um, her approach is just powerful. When she comes onto the stage, she just, she vibrates this mindset, this aura that you want to listen to her because what she's saying is going to impact you in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So my takeaway from that was her mindset that she's preaching about people, how you're going to think, your attitude, your behavior, and everything, how it's linked. If you start thinking it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found really powerful about her. And just the way she's talking to you, you want to change your behavior. You want to change your mindset. You want to start thinking differently in how you can benefit yourself. You can want to be positive. And then that positivity will not just flow into just money matters, but everywhere else throughout your life too. Mm-hmm. And then also 
to people around you. Are you familiar with uh, neurolinguistics programming at all? Um, a little bit. I won't say I am very familiar with it. I've heard about it. Um, and that's just as far as it goes. So um, Vanessa is actually an NLP practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, Neurolinguistics programming is the ability to affect the mind and body with words and tonality. Mm -hmm. So the reason you were so engaged is because everything she's saying is designed to engage you, to actually trick your conscious brain into shutting up mm -hmm. and your subconscious brain into actually listening and paying attention. So. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. To, what are you smiling at me like that for? That's just a weird. No, because in my head right now, I'm thinking these are not the droids you're looking for. From Star Wars, <laughs> Jedi mind tricks. You have a sparkle on your forehead, just so you know. <laughs> I don't know. Those was that's what was on my mind. Sparkle. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> and um, of course, Claudia spoke just before uh, Vanessa came up and. Yeah. And uh, Claudia has some great uh, um, tips and tricks for people to get through some of their, their own emotional stuff. And of course, there are three pillars mm -hmm. of uh, personal, financial, and emotional. What, um, I, guess, I guess the question is, you know, we had Nary on last week and I asked mm -hmm. what it's like being a woman in business and how these things affect you. Being a man watching that presentation, what's your takeaway from that? I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not doing it to play the genders against yeah, each no, other by any, by any means, any. but it's really interesting to get both perspectives. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, well, hats off to her. She's a powerful woman playing a big role in the business field. And there's a lot you can learn from her. You know, it's not that men can just shy away from women or they don't know anything, right? Understand that someone's doing good and someone's in a good place. And you can always learn from a person like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? Man or woman, it doesn't matter, right? You're not supposed to be like, oh, she's a woman. What does she know? Mm -hmm. Or nowadays, females be like, uh, we don't want to listen to men, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you should listen to every gender, mm -hmm. right? So my take from her presentation, her working all those years trying to be successful and happy, until she really found what she wanted to do and do something for herself. Build that courage. Now, I'm not saying this to play a gender game or anything, but a woman going out into the man's world, mm -hmm. the business world, right? Becoming a salesman, being crafted by everything that she went through. Mm -hmm. She told about her boss who mm -hmm. laughed at her mm -hmm. when she said that she wanted to become that salesperson. Mm -hmm. And she built that courage to actually go out and do what she wanted to do. You know, they say you're a product of your environment and you're a product of everything you go through. Clearly shows that she went through some very hard times, very tough times. Of course, like she mentioned, traveling back and forth in different sales meetings, always on the go, not spending time with the family. That kind of sculpted her into what she is. Mm -hmm. And then going into Dragon's Den, becoming what she had become through all those hard times and then standing there with confidence giving her pitch and coming out with the deal that just shows you that you could do anything you could just as long as you stand behind what you want yep. you don't back down from anybody's criticism if she had backed down from her boss laughing at her she probably wouldn't be where she is today yeah of course yeah. right okay. So you got to take all this feedback. You got to take all this criticism. You got to have rocks thrown at you. Mm -hmm. 
but you got to come back stronger. Mm-hmm. You got to learn from that. No doubt she might have made some mistakes in her career, but she learned from it. Mm-hmm. She didn't shy away from anything either. And then how she put it out to the audience over there, how she told her story, it's touching. Mm-hmm. It makes you a believer, thinking yep. that, hey, if she can do it, my mother, who has children back home, who has her own life, but now she's in a place where she can balance everything. She can walk with her chin up, knowing that she did it. You can do it too. Mm-hmm. Right? It's inspiring. Definitely. It is. And I kind of want to get your perspective on this is being a millennial, what are the, some of the challenges that you feel that we face in the professional work? We're too young. We don't know anything. Yeah. Because nowadays, um, no offense to anybody of any age or anything, right? The old Watch dogs. It. <laughs> <laughs> the old dogs in these professions who have been doing it for years and years, right? They think that there's one standard way of doing every project, mm-hmm. every task, everything. And they undermine the millennials. We're learning, we're quick, and we're tech savvy. We might have different ideas, we might have different things of doing different ways of doing things that may make your tasks or routines a little more efficient, mm-hmm. may increase productivity. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're fresh minds. We have strong legs, we're working able, right? So the, one of the biggest challenges that millennials face is being looked at and thinking he's still a kid. He doesn't know much. Mm. Not only that, with the amount of competition in every industry now, it doesn't matter if it's accounting, medical, uh, mechanics, or even baking or whatever, everyone's trying to blow up and do something big. Because of technology, everyone's trying to become their own entrepreneur. Everyone's trying to market themselves. The next Instagram star. Yeah, I was just going to say there that. You go. Exactly. YouTube. How many singers are there on YouTube now trying to make it big? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you shouldn't be on YouTube trying to make it big. <laughs> we won't go over there. But, <laughs> but, it, but it, you can take YouTube as just a small sample space and the uh, singers yeah. as a small sample. There's so many of us trying to do the same thing now. So that's another challenge that millennials are facing. Technology is fighting against us now. Because now we're just increasing the pool and we're all just jumping in. And it's hard for any one of us to stand out now. Um, just like resumes, you go hand out a resume, everyone says go do it online now. Hmm. That's true, yeah. I've Ten heard years that. ago, yeah. Ten years ago, you could have walked in, you could have met with the customer sales manager or any manager, put a face to face, depending on how you're dressing, how firm your handshake was, your personality, and how much you radiated off to them you had a good chance handing mm-hmm. your resume. Nowadays, if you're just typing something up, you might be sitting in your pajamas, your slouches, coffee dripping on your shirt or something. You're not even in the mood to work, but you're just sending out resumes, one right after the other, right? There's no personal touch to that. Mm-hmm. And the person who receives the resumes, HR manager or whoever's working at HR now, will read it, and now the millennials are just being based on a sheet. Mm. Whether you have keywords that they're looking for or not, hey, you can be an all-star. You can be an all-star at your job, but you cannot sit down and write a comprehensive sentence to display your abilities to an HR manager. That's a big drawback. I I, I think it's important to interject there Mm -hmm. and inform millennials to make sure that your, your social media accounts don't make you look like an idiot. (laughs) 
That's one big thing. Um, because that is that's yeah. truly yeah. the mm-hmm. best yeah. way that HR managers have to discern who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, gosh, it was 10, 12 years ago probably, when people first started looking at your social media if you applied for a job. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's pretty much standard. The second oh, they get a resume, they're like, all right, Facebook. Well, nobody uses that anymore. Let's go to Instagram. Mm-hmm. See how that yeah. <laughs> 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 and, exactly. uh, and, and I think it's extremely important that people understand you know, what you're putting out there, regardless of whether you take it off, take the tags away, whatever. Yep. That stuff's out there forever. you got to exactly. be very, very careful about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... As the old guy speaking about it, I remember my mom telling me stuff, you know, what, what you do is a kid's going to come back and bite you in the tail later on. Mm-hmm. But it's even more important now to make sure that you're making good decisions, especially around your social media, because that's, you know, 20 years down the road, they can see you doing a, a keg stand with something and you don't get the job yeah. because of it. Because you did a keg stand. Yeah. You thought it was cool at the time. Which which is, you know, absolutely ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a terrible way to judge people when they exactly. were doing something 20 years ago. But that's mm-hmm. the fact of the matter now and it's extremely important that all millennials understand you're you're under you're you're under scrutiny now when it comes to your social media accounts um and that's why you see so many of them that are entrepreneurial accounts and they're Mm -hmm. not personal accounts yeah uh which is good to see i mean the first thing i checked out was kirk's (laughs) social media accounts (laughs) or lack thereof (laughs) (laughs) i remember sitting down with you at the uh, wow seven followers <laughs> oh, that? Like, oh, I gotta check this out. No, I actually do remember sitting down with you for our first meeting. And you'd be like, "Oh, what's your Instagram?" Yep. And we went through it. Should probably take a couple of those pictures down. <laughs> Whoopsies! Uh, it actually wasn't bad. You 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 did a good job on oh, your, your okay, social. You. Yeah, not you. a great job, but a good job. All right, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. My first day, he has to feed me. Yes, feed I do have ego. to feed you. Yeah. You do have otherwise, to feed me too. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise I get, get a little cranky. <laughs> I just so. can't feed him after midnight like a grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, you're too young to get that reference. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> Sophie, did you hear that one? <laughs> He's old enough. He's nerdy enough. <laughs> He'll get it. He's on a leg. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, all right, let's, no. let's bring it back around. Yeah. Uh, no more gremlins. Let's talk about the real estate that we, we discussed there and, and the different strategies around it. Um, combining real estate strategies with tax strategies is something that really attracted me to Blackthorn in the first place. Yeah, Helping people get their RSPs out without having to pay the withholding tax. Well, you mm-hmm. still have to pay it, but recouping it because of the, the actual strategy around it. What did you think about that strategy? It's beautiful. In a word? Okay, next Hands question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do. The type of loopholes that exist that you can uh, exploit and make work for you, right? If you have a good accountant or a good tax accountant behind you, right? Mm-hmm. Who can actually give you these strategies and make it work for you. Well, it's nowadays, who knows? You're, you're just stuck then. Yeah. And then when it comes to the real estate market, do I buy the house? Do I rent it? Mm-hmm. Do I not buy it? Or do I go homeless? You, know, you think about it, right? And going in and learning about how you can actually structure your coming years to make it work for you to actually get that mortgage and different ways or well, different criteria there are to meet the mortgage, it's good to know. It's very good to know because I didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, we're actually talking about a few different things there. So mm -hmm. that's that's three different strategies all all in together. Um, so the mortgage financing is is one separate component, and of mm -hmm. course there's the real estate, the real property itself, yeah. and then there's the tax strategy around that. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll back up to the financing part because that's that's my favorite part of it. Um, mm -hmm. I have a, a mortgage license, have for a few years, mm -hmm. and um, I really love understanding how to get money, especially when it's a tight market like it is right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's very difficult to get deals approved. Things that would have passed two years ago now don't make the cut for most of the major lenders. But um, personally, I got involved in mortgages because there was a lot less competition. There's something like 50,000 realtors in, in Toronto now. Yeah. Um, mortgage agents, I think, is in like just the thousands. And, and at that, I mean, let's face it, it's like two years to get a real estate license nowadays and like yeah. 10, 15 grand. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes about a week to get a mortgage license and about 400 bucks. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the link. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, of course, uh, with the, the real estate license, you do a lot of the learning in class, mm -hmm. whereas mortgages, you really got to learn it along the way. Uh, you got to find a good mentor, and that's something that I wanted to talk about. Oh, wow, great segue, Jeff. Thank you. Personal high five. Um, was talking about. <laughs> I, I Welcome back to the can. Jeff Show, everybody. Got to get him where I can. Coming back to the like the mentorship, um, you said that you found an accounting mentor, a teacher. Um, I know personally that mentorship has been massive in my growth. Um, without the the people that I've met and and the, the, the books that I've read and the, the audios that I've listened to, I wouldn't have half the knowledge that I do. Mm -hmm. um, being that you're 11 years behind me in your development, have you uh, sought out mentors aside from, from that one to, to listen to, to read from, to learn from? Recently, I just found one, Hashim, Hashim Chaudhary. Mm -hmm. right? I look at him as a mentor. He has a great amount of knowledge, especially in the tax field. So he's one that person that I really want to work close with, mm -hmm. learn as, as much as I can from him. Um, try to get as much information about various tra uh, tax strategies, just not so I can help myself, but others around me too. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I can look at him as a mentor. Other than that, before that, not really, just Google online. Mm -hmm. uh, never found anybody well knowledgeable in mm -hmm. the field. I found some people who I thought were knowledgeable, but all they did was misguide me. So that kind of backfired. Their reputation just went down the drain. Let me ask you though, did you still learn? Um, I learned from my mistakes, yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, so they, they, like they served their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's a, um, a great quote by Jim Rohn that says that people should get, and it's not a religious conversation by any means, mm -hmm. but everybody should get a red letter version of the Bible. And the red letters are where Jesus actually spoke. That was supposed to be Jesus's words. Mm -hmm. And what is really interesting about it is Jim Rohn says that you should learn, yes, from what he says and does, but also from the mistakes, from the things he says not to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've found um, people think about a mentor as somebody who has to take you to a higher elevation and teach you things, but not necessarily what people think in their minds. I've had mentors of mine who taught me what not to do. You know, there's people in your life that you can find. It's like, wow, I really don't want to end up like that person. <laughs> and, and, and it's, yeah. you know, it's not to make fun of them. It's not mm -hmm. to, to belittle them, but it's important to actually ask them questions and understand what got them where they're at. You know, if you're, you know, 75 years old, you got no money, your health is terrible. 
Well, there's things that I can learn from you that I, I should learn and take the yeah, time to definitely. learn. Just you so know? you don't end up 75 years old. In exactly. The morning, right? Exactly. It's important to learn from both sides what to do mm -hmm. and what not to do. Yeah. So that's, um, you know, one of the greatest pieces of advice I got actually was from Jim Rohn again, is that poor people should take rich people out to lunch. And everybody's first reaction is like, well, he's rich. He can afford his own meal. But the value that you can glean from an hour conversation with somebody who's really, you know, made their mark in the world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, pay for the soup and the salad and the main and, and mm -hmm. the dessert and coffees and, and keep them there as long as possible because their time is extremely valuable. You're getting off cheap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know personally I've, uh, I've had some great meals with some great friends now that are, you know, were mentors of mine in the past and now, now we've become friends. And those, those conversations, however brief they are, are massively, massively valuable years down the road, especially when you get the advice and you don't understand what it means at the time. Yeah. And then eventually you come across and it goes, bing. That's now what, I that's get it. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to the real estate side of things as opposed to the, the real estate financing. I know Jonathan Tilger did a great job explaining what's going on in the market and how to qualify for mortgages. But a lot of times when people think about real estate um, investing, it becomes a very frightening animal. Uh, number one complaint I always hear is, I don't want to change toilets. <laughs> or yeah. fix toilets and change light bulbs. Uh, <laughs> it's important to distinguish that there are different strategies in real estate. <laughs> and active ownership of rental properties is one of them. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bad strategy if that's what you want to do. But what we practice here is passive investing, which means you put your money in, you get your money out, you get money on your money, and everybody's happy. But you don't have to clean toilets and you don't have to answer phone calls from tenants and all of those things. Have you seen those strategies before, uh, before I FSS? I haven't. Really? Eh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your take on our own sound properties, or were you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was out of the room at that time. Kirk, how about yourself? What do you think of uh, well, passive real estate investing like Owen Sound or Detroit? I think it's an amazing idea because also before I attended FSS, I had no idea that you could do that. Oh, my gosh. You were my my fave you should have seen this poor guy's face yeah. the first time he came yeah. to financial yeah. success yeah. summit i think you've been here what a week week and a half week and a half week yeah. and a half. Right. Literally, I, like <laughs> my jaw was just right down to the table the whole time where i was like oh, oh my goodness <laughs> i can do that i sat him at a table in the back corner and said stay here and I, I kept looking back at him every so often it was just Oh my God! Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I had no idea that you could passively invest in real estate as well, because I always thought, uh, okay, if I invest in real estate, I have to buy the property, I have to maintain the property myself, I have to deal with tenants, I have to deal with this, and it's like that's just such a headache. Mm -hmm. But I knew a lot of people were doing it and they were making great money. I was like, well, maybe it's worth the headaches. But then I found the passive investing, and it was like, oh, this is great. I just give them my money and I literally forget about it, and then in five years, oh. Look what I got, right? <laughs> like, that's the way to go, especially if you can partner up with a company, Blackthorn. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Shameless. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it goes back to what I was saying about people not showing up because of the threat of snow before mm -hmm. the snow had actually started flying. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people come to uh, a real estate investment opportunity and they look at it and say, well, I can't do that. But what they're actually doing is, is putting up their own barriers and not understanding the strategies behind it. Um, I mean, there's a million different strategies. Ours 
typically is long-term buy and hold, mm -hmm. equity mm -hmm. investment. Um, it's not structured as debt, it's structured as partnerships. And it's really interesting to see people's mind wrap around that once they understand, because most people are familiar with buying a house, mm -hmm. living in it, possibly renting out a room in the house or, or dividing it into a semi or yeah, yeah. and then renting that out and then building on another one and another one and another one. But they don't understand that you can get a, a, a piece of the pie as opposed to owning the whole thing and you actually get a better um, experience for your first time real estate investing when you're doing it passively, typically, as long as the people that are doing it know what they're doing and they have like $500 million worth of acquired real estate in the past. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, there's a, you always have to vet the company and, and vet the deals and all that stuff, but understanding that there are ways to get into real estate investment and just start without having to do all of the things that you hear the bad stories about. So knowing that part of it, what's your take on getting started versus all of the different strategies that are out there? The way you put it over there sounds really easy to get started. You just find a partner, a reliable partner, mm -hmm. see what they're doing, jump on board with them. <laughs> right? Seems simple, right? It seems, it seems really simple, simple, yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing the mental blocks that people will put up. And that, that's you know part of the reason we had Vanessa Smith on the team, mm -hmm. to, to really help people get through those mental blocks. But it's, yeah. it's exactly the same and, and as simple as showing up. Well, I think mm -hmm. it's very simple, and it's it takes a lot of the risk off of your shoulders too because when you buy a house and you have to maintain it and deal with tenants like all that risk is on you but mm -hmm, this yeah. way it's great as a first-time investor because you can go in there with a little bit of confidence and be like this is my like here's my money this is what my return what i hope it, it's going to mm -hmm. be like and you guys take care of the rest and then after that you be like, oh this is a great experience and then you can kind of up your game from there mm, definitely if it's a passive investment so like i said i think it's a very easier way to start real estate mm -hmm. investing yeah you learn yeah you gain that confidence and then soon enough you may be able to venture off on your own yeah well confidence is everything when it comes mm -hmm. to investing right and anything yeah. new that you're trying period yeah. it's always about gaining your confidence it's mm -hmm. funny um everything that did it have you read uh, malcolm gladwell uh the um gosh what was it, outliers no no uh, millennials, man, those millennials. Those. Have you listened to it in the car? <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Show us a movie and we'll watch yeah. it. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Is there a movie about it? Anywho, um, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours, that you have to have 10,000 hours, it's, which is basically five years of 40-hour weeks yes. to become an expert at anything. And real estate investing or, or investing in general is no different. You have to get, you have to put in time to get your chops up. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty amazing to see people start to take the steps. I mean, our, our first week after Financial Success Summit is always crazy because people are now inspired. They've found yeah. their mentors. Mm -hmm. They've come to an event where they're like, oh my gosh, I see things that weren't possible before. Yeah. And um, for us, it's really great. I love shedding light on things like that for people especially post event because mm -hmm. they're still excited you know i'm envious of you because you get to talk to far more people about that stuff than i do nowadays because I'm, I'm, I'm you know in a different role but it's a great time i love my favorite time of talking to people is when we get to sit down face to face and you see that light bulb moment where they go oh, oh. god kate yes it's been my favorite yes 
Um, Kate and Anthony. Shout out Kate and Anthony. We, Anthony, we, I'll we, see we you love, in like an hour, bud. We love these guys. Absolutely phenomenal people. Um, some of our, our biggest fans, some of our best clients, and, and you know, really close friends now. Um, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful people. But Kate was having a bit of a challenge understanding borrowing to lend. And we worked with her for her to understand it. And it was amazing because when the light bulb did go on, you know, basically the basics behind borrowing to lend is borrow low, lend high. Just Make like buy low, yeah. sell high. Yeah. Um, but it's a different world. The real estate market is more stable and, and stuff than, than the stock market is right now. Of course, there's all sorts of stuff around that. That's a different conversation. <laughs> but um, it was amazing because we're on the conversation and all of a sudden she goes, oh, I get it. Thanks, guys. I'll take care of it. <laughs> she was gone. It was amazing. Hey, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite moments ever oh. talking with people about investing because that light bulb moment she's like, oh, that's actually really simple. Deal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that moment. And Kate, if you're watching, or Anthony, if you're watching, you guys are amazing. Anthony will watch it later. I'll make sure he does. <laughs> you got uh, some more discussion well, topics? Well, I, I do. I kind of have a personal question sure. for you as well. And Two truths and a lot? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, we got time. I just saw the clock. We got time. Uh, oh, good. <clears throat> wow. If we wow, want to crazy. do that one instead, yeah, go ahead. All right, yeah, keep truth and a lie. Oh, oh, wow, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's do it. All I didn't right. realize we're up. That was a um, fast, fast hour. I don't want to say anything common that everyone else might have already said. <laughs> I haven't gone to Hogwarts. Uh, okay. Sorry, what? I have gone to Harry Hogwarts. Potter. Harry Potter? No. I no. understand it, what it is. I just didn't think it was a real place bro <laughs> <laughs> oh jeffy <laughs> okay okay um oh that wasn't one of the truths <laughs> i was gonna call I that the lie. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a basketball player all right I have a cat. <laughs> I'm an accountant who can think outside the box. You don't have you a don't cat. You don't have a cat. You don't have a cat. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were a basketball player because we had that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. We were on well, with that one. Yeah, we, we messed we up with it. Mary last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. that was just yeah. fail. So thanks so much, uh, Asad, for, for yeah. joining us and giving us your perspective well, on, thank you, on some of the yeah. stuff we learned at uh, Financial Success Summit last week. Mm -hmm. Of course, we got lots of great programs coming up, but that was our last live Financial Success Summit. Mm -hmm. At least the first one, which is for the foreseeable sad, yeah. future. <laughs> and uh, we have some exciting things coming out of that, which is, um, you know, I'm very happy to announce moving forward as a company that uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff being birthed from that so thank you very much for joining us today i really appreciate it we are pretty much at the end of our, yeah. our yeah, time pretty you guys much. not that we actually have a time limit but we want to keep it yeah, within reason, we right? do, yeah. <laughs> so thanks Assad, for joining us today really appreciate it uh, yeah, of course if you want to uh, get a hold of Assad, do you have an email address here now uh yes i do Assad at blackthorngroup.com Blackthorn hyphen group. Hyphen group, yes. Don't forget com. the hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mr. Franco. Yeah, what up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
you know, <laughs> I have to change your name back to Kirk in my no, phone you because can't. every you time can't. that I try you and can't. dial you, I dial the wrong number. Although I love it when I tell my car to dial James Franklin. It says, do you want to call James Franklin? I say, yes, I want to call James Franklin. <laughs> it's, a, it's an inside joke. If you've been watching the show for a while, there was a day that Kirk came and he looked exactly like James Franco. I got to see It was this. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can see Sophie, a do we have a side-by-side side for that by any chance? <laughs> uh, I think we got – actually, I got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was – Anyhow, yeah, anyhow. Asad, thanks for joining us. Kirk, any uh, any parting words today? Uh, yeah. We have a couple of exciting events coming up. Oh, you're up. stealing my thunder. Oh, okay, fine. No, you no, can no do go that. ahead. Go you ahead. You know what, Jeff? You know what, Jeff? No, no, no. Go ahead. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um oh, yeah parting so words funny. um super bowl it's coming up uh go pats go okay jeff fair enough fair enough uh and if you're in the brampton area next weekend i don't know for sure at the moment that i have an opponent but i am fighting in the brampton cup we'll be registering for that yeah. uh should be exciting go anybody jeff wants go. to see me get punched in the face go jeff go <laughs> <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> sure there's a couple people out there present company included yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, but, of course, we have coming up uh, that same weekend, same weekend, yeah, February yeah, 2nd, second. of course, we have the Know Your Worth Masterclass is going to be happening. Oh, my gosh. Look at the preemptive strike. a boy, Fabian. Uh, we've got the uh, What's Your Worth Masterclass coming up with, of course, the uh, incredible Dragon Slayer, Claudia Harvey, CEO of Digit Apparel, and Vanessa Smith of Mint Worthy, combining forces to create a... Um, a master class that will help you get through all of your financial barriers that you have set up. And then mm -hmm. uh, that's, what is that, 9.30 on uh, 9.30 a.m. on February 2nd. That is an online course. It is. And um, Sophie, do we have a page set up for that yet? Yeah, we'll post so that. So we'll, uh, we'll put that in the, uh, in the link in the description below. Yep. And, uh, of course, we have uh, Craig Dunkley, our CEO, doing our Money Mastery Summit uh, on February 3rd at 9.30 a.m. So very exciting weekend. Both... Uh, uh, information packed hours uh, with those those uh, online courses but uh, I can't wait for people to see what we're doing beyond that you'll get a, a sneak exciting. preview during those courses if you want to sign up for them of course that link will be in the description below uh, and you know what something we don't do that we should be doing is asking if you like this video please like us share us subscribe comment we love those things uh, comments are good Action items. And of course, if you want to learn more about our real estate investments in both Detroit and Owen Sound, although Detroit is pretty it's, much done. Yeah, we're um, looking at Owen Sound. Yeah, we, we might be able to squeeze uh, one, one more person in there. Yeah. But uh, of course, Owen Sound is our next big project that we're working on. We've got some great multifamily residential properties going on up there, mixed use commercial and multifamily res. Uh, wow, lots of great opportunity up there. So if you want to get a hold of us and learn more about those, of course, you can email us at, uh, well, email Kirk email at K-I-R-K yeah. at blackthorn-group.com. Don't forget the <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anything else I should be announcing? Uh, we have our financial success evening coming. Oh, we do? our yep. pay less tax oh, seminar yes. coming up. Yes. Free seminar mm -hmm. being hosted by Hashem Chaudhry, as you were uh, mentioning. Mm -hmm. February 9th from, I believe, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And, yep, of course, yeah. there'll be an hour of Q&A afterwards. If you want to sign up for that, we'll also put that link in the description below. Yep. And, um, yeah, we got lots of stuff coming up. You're going to start to see the next 
a two, lot more courses coming out. We got tax weeks. time just Five around the coming up. Yeah, tax season just around the corner. We're going to be putting out a lot of great information for people to get a, you know get their hands around and help them you know pay less tax this summer this uh, or this year. It's, it's learn to pay that. Time. It's all about less keeping tax. money in your pocket. So lots of great stuff coming up. Go Pats! Yeah, <laughs> there we go. That's, that's, for, that's for you, Kirky. So once again, thanks house. for joining us. And Thanks for joining us for the <laughs> Financial Success Show live here every single Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, of course, if you uh, want to come out and see us live, you can come to our Financial Success Evening uh, every Tuesday night here at 7.30 p.m. at our office at 2120 North Park Drive, Suite 9 in Brampton, Ontario. Otherwise, I am Jeff Eady, president of Blackthorn Group, signing off for another week. We will see you next week at 3 p.m. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.